I want to ask everyone, did, did everyone have a good Easter last week? Come on. I, really? That's the response? Did everyone have a good Easter last week? Six people. Great. So, I, I, I love Easter. Easter is really great for me. I, I never grew up in a Christian household. So, like, the idea of Easter was literally hunting chocolate eggs. There was no idea of God. There was nothing there about it. So when you come to a church, and I'll, I'll never forget one of the first times I came to Easter here in the village, and just the power and the emotion behind it was just great. And it still continues today. I just love it. It's just, I can't even describe it. It's, imagine like going to like some sort of sporting event. It's, but it's grander than that. There's cheers. There's clapping. People are singing in joy. It's just this feeling of happiness. I love it. Anyone else or is it just me? Seven people. We're getting there. Sweet. I am not Mark DeVos. I'm sure you can tell. My name is Tyler. I'm bringing the word here today. Uh, just want to, as before we start, I have this message here and just want to take time to pray because I think that's very important that as I'm about to go through this message, it's important that we have God speak through it and speak to all of us so we can understand these words the words I speak may be applicable to you, maybe in one sense or another sense in your life. So I want God to speak to you, and that's why we pray. So let me just open with a quick prayer. Gracious Father, I ask that you just uh, be with all of us here today and be with me as I bring your word. And may it just fill the hearts of everyone here. May it just fill them with joy and just guide us all in our lives and where we're leading, Lord. And I'm, I'm often reminded of Proverbs and, you know, do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. And just thank you, God, just for everything you do. So just be with me as I provide this message out here this morning. So thank you, God, and pray this in your son, Jesus' name. Amen. So it's not Easter anymore. It's kind of sad. But it's the week after Easter. And I said before, Easter is sort of like a, it's, it's like a sporting event. Like for me, I love football. I love the Super Bowl. Nothing pumps me up more than the Super Bowl. I love it. It's just so adrenaline. But before you know it, it's just gone. And then you think, what now? What do I do with myself? You know, Easter now is a year away, minus a week. Christmas is 260 days, 11 hours and 56 minutes away, roughly. And you think, so... What do I do now? What's the next thing that goes on? Have you ever asked yourself that? Like, what, what's next? What's going to happen next? I'm sure there's many examples. I'm sure we can all think of some that, you know, you just don't know what's that next step. You know, what is next? I'm going to challenge you, and I'm going to challenge this throughout this message here today, all of you, to think of a time, a point in your life, when you stop and thought, okay, so now what? What's next? I remember the day Zoe was born. And uh, as she lied in her little bassinet, I thought to myself, this is such an incredible gift from God. This is so amazing. Then reality hits, and I said, what do I do now? <laughs> no idea, completely lost. And I'm sure a lot of parents had that same scary thought when their kids were first born. Like, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing <laughs> Uh, maybe some of you still feel like that today. I still feel like that today. 
And I find whenever I come to a spot in my life when I'm just not sure what I'm supposed to do, one way or another, God leads me, and I'm led to some passage in the Bible. And it's never intentional. I don't go searching for these verses. God leads me to them. And I came across this verse today, which helped me to a spot in my life, and I'm hoping that it'll help you as well. Because God does point us in the right direction, and for me, this is, that verse was in Acts 1. So before we put that verse up, or that's all right, we got that verse up. That's cool, Al. <laughs> uh, I just want to give you a better background on Acts. Now, Acts, the author of Acts is Luke. It's the same Luke that wrote the Gospel of Luke. And of all the Gospels, I love Luke. I studied Luke. He is absolutely amazing. He's a doctor. He is so detailed in what he puts down. He knows what is important to write down and what isn't. So we need to pay attention to these details because there is something in there he wants us to know. He's communicating the word of God to us. That's why I love Luke's writing. So I'm going to go through some of the acts. And we're going to stop and reflect and continue on. Now we'll put up the verse. Sweet. Thank you, Alan. And we're going to start in Acts 1, verse 3. So I'm just going to read the verse, and then we're just going to reflect here. After his suffering, he presented himself to them, this is Jesus, and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized me with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So let's try and understand. Let's get the concept where we are. We're in a spot where Easter is over. Christ has risen. He's had to physically prove that he is alive. It's not a hoax. It's a real thing. His disciples have seen him eat. They've seen him drink. They've seen him sleep. They've seen him pray. They've seen him breathe. Everything. He is clearly alive. And He's doing pretty good for a guy with holes in hands and his feet, which I have a cut in my finger, and it's distracting me this morning. Let's just give you an idea. This guy is doing amazing things. If we still look in verse 3, Luke's telling us that Jesus didn't just come back to life for a day. He was there for 40 days. Verse 4, Jesus tells them what is going to happen next. At this point, the apostles are probably sitting on pins and needles. They're wanting to hear what their Savior is going to tell them what to do next. What's next? And let's keep in mind that at one point in time, just a few days earlier, the apostles felt their whole mission was just gone, done. It was a failure. Jesus died. There was nothing more they could do, but here he is. What's the answer they have to do? Wait. Seriously? That's the next step. Wait. That's got to be the worst feeling. I'm sure we've all had that feeling before. Worst feeling in the world when you just want to get out and do something, and then they say, uh, just wait. Hold on, just wait. Jesus here is clearly, is uh, very clear in telling the apostles what they should do next, because they're going to receive a great gift, one called the Holy Spirit. But what is the Holy Spirit? Well, let's continue on in Acts and just let Jesus explain what's next. Verse 6 through 9. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, 
are you at this, t- at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and the clouds hid him from their sight. Pretty powerful, this verse. This is a very strong verse. Uh, Jesus here is describing the Holy Spirit and will be the complete turning point of this kingdom. Now, the apostles still aren't seeing the entire picture, and if we think back to the Gospels, the apostles always can't see what's right in front of their eyes sometimes, so that's just such a great feature about them because they're not sure what's coming next. They saw the restoration of the kingdom being the physical kingdom. You know, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Israel in general. That's the kingdom. They want to see it rebuilt. But let's keep in mind they just saw Jesus rise up in the sky into the heavens. Now, the apostles knew that Jesus had gone back to God and was about to send something called the Holy Spirit. The apostles might have thought this was going to be another person like Jesus. It made sense. You see Jesus go up, and then you expect maybe a Holy Spirit, a person like Jesus, to come down. But it wasn't really the case. So they know that this is coming. They know this Holy Spirit's coming. So what do the apostles do next? Let's look at verse 20. We're going to skip in a little bit here into Acts. Still in Acts 1. Verse 24, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, and may, there, may another take his place of, place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with them the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness. Uh, witness with us of his resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justus, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over the apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where where he belongs. They cast lots, and they fell to Matthias, so so he was added to the eleven apostles. So hold on. Let's backtrack. What did Jesus say to do? Wait. What did the apostles do? They don't wait. It's, and I'm not by any means criticizing the apostles. They are way more powerful and knowledgeable than I am. But it's one of these things where they just want to prepare for what was to come. They didn't want to wait. They were just excited. They were filled with the Spirit of the Lord. You know, they just saw him. They're like, we got to prepare for this. Let's get that 12th man. But that wasn't necessarily needed. It, we're not saying it's a bad thing. Uh, why did the apostles act so quickly and not wait? That, that's kind of a question, right? It's not in our nature to want, it's in our nature, I should say, to act to want to resolve our problems. I'm sure we can all agree to that. When you see a problem, you immediately start thinking, what's the next step? What's got to go next? But Jesus tells us, they need to wait for the Holy Spirit. You know, it, what makes the Holy Spirit just so important? Well, 
as I was going through this and I was discussing this with Marcus, you know, the Holy Spirit to me is literally God's imprint right on your soul. So imagine, as you're making decisions, deciding what's next to do, the Holy Spirit is communicating all this directly to God. God is then looking at you and what's best for you, and he communicates back to the Holy Spirit. So why act so quickly? Jesus is telling us the Holy Spirit needs to be in us to do these great things, to handle these situations in our lives. And we can do that by being a Christian. The Holy Spirit comes within us. Uh, I want to give an example of something where you might find where you know, you're stuck in a spot where you need to wait and really can't react. And this is a personal illustration from my own life. Uh, some of you are aware that I'm currently studying religion at Tyndale, attempting to get my bachelor's of religious education. I, I felt this really call, strong call to be in ministry. And there's uh, this, hold on a second there, Al. Thank you. It's cool. Uh, I felt this really strong to be in ministry and started pursuing this idea of becoming a pastor. And you got to understand, as a career, I work as an accountant. So if you're thinking of biblical terms, I was a tax collector. And now I want to be someone who's working with Jesus. So like me and Matthew, we're like this. Like it's just, I really can connect well with him. Uh, It's a drastic change. I recently applied for seminary. And now I'm happy to say that I've been accepted into the seminary program, which is really quite exciting for me in my life. So I just got this Friday, so thank you. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do that for applause. And I, I actually I emailed the guy. I was like, hey, can you send me an acceptance letter? But that's... <laughs> it's great news, right? It's fantastic news. Then I hit a bit of a bump in the road. I said I work as an accountant. Well, if you know nothing about accounting, I can tell you one thing. Religion and accounting have very little in common. In fact, the next set of schooling that I'll have to take requires one full day off of work a week. Can you imagine how that went when I told my boss this? Yeah, exactly what you would think. It didn't really go so well. Uh, He wasn't on board with uh, the idea of going to school to become a minister. Not that he was saying it's a bad idea, but he told me that there's work to be done here. So I declined my request. So I can't take the day off a week. So I can't do the program. Uh, I don't think I can come close to describing to you the feeling of that crushing news that day. It was, uh, the word I kept using was deflated. I really felt uh, lost for words. I didn't know what to do. Uh, I wanted so bad to pursue the take my ministry to the next level. Like, I, I enjoy being up here. I enjoy bringing the message. I enjoy being with all of you. This community has been great for me. But then I'm told, no. But then I think back to Acts. And as I said, God points me to these two verses and two books, not because I'm looking for them, because he points them to me. In verse 4, it reminds me that I'm to wait for this gift from the Father. You know, the Holy Spirit's working in me right now. And it's communicating back to God, and it's working on a plan for me of what I should be doing next. And what should I be doing next? Well, I have to wait. That's my next step, is to wait. And I can't jump the gun and prepare for something that I don't know what's going to happen. 
how do you prepare for something when you don't know what the next step is? That's, you know, the apostles started to plan for this Holy Spirit and prepare to take back the kingdom. But they didn't understand what Jesus was telling them. They also had to wait. So I want to ask you, in your life, are you acting in haste on something? You know, it, it, it's not uncommon. You know, I'm not the only person. I know we all go through this. The Bible's filled with a whole bunch of people who also had to show this enormous patience. They had to wait. Uh, the first person I thought of when I thought of patience, because there's no one who has greater patience than Job. This, this man had everything. Then he lost everything. I mean everything. Family, wealth, health. Everything was gone. But he, was, he loved God. And he was patient. Then what happened? Everything came back. Not just the same. They came back tenfold. It was so strong. Or maybe, let's think of Abram and Sarah from the Old Testament as well. You know, they could not conceive a child, yet God had this plan for Abram that he would be the father of many great nations. And Abram turned to God and says, I don't even have a child of my own. How can I be a father of great nations? But he did have a son at the young age of 100. And his wife was very young at 90. So it's patience, right? It's just an example where patience ends up paying off huge in the long run. And Abram did go to found many nations. He came Abraham. There are many great examples. But it all comes from waiting. For me, I haven't lost faith that my chance of ministry is gone because I hit a roadblock. I, no, I just have to wait. And it's hard to do, but you know what? It allows me just to be there. You know, I'm going to be the first to say that waiting sucks. <laughs> I hate waiting. I, I have a lot of patience, but I hate waiting. But there's only one thing I can do when I'm waiting. Pray. Uh, when I pray, it's like the Holy Spirit is sending all the information to God. And God communicates back and still saying the Holy Spirit, you know, you can make the right informed decisions of what to do next. Uh, we don't want to jump the gun, make a decision without seeing all our options. I think we've all been in a situation like that where we go, oh, if I only had known. We must be patient and wait. You know, are we making decisions now just to please us? Please us now in this state? If we're rushing to make a decision now, then maybe we're not doing what needs to be done to please God. And that's the important part. You know, the good news is, for us Christians, if we acknowledge Jesus Christ as our Savior, and the Holy Spirit is within us. This is great, because then that means there's stuff happening. Work is in progress. It's bringing itself upon our soul, and it's working constantly within us. When decisions, are, when decisions and tough times come, we can rely on the Holy Spirit to point us in the right direction. We're not like the disciples who may have acted in haste, without the Holy Spirit. We already have the Holy Spirit in us. They had to wait for it. We have it in us. So work's already happening. I encourage you, as I challenged earlier, to think of where you are and decisions that you're making and where you, your life are and things that you're just not sure, what's that next step? What is next for me? I challenge you just to wait. Be patient and let the Holy Spirit guide you. 
onwards to that next step of your life. I said earlier the best way to handle this is through prayer. I'm going to actually invite Hilda to actually lead us in a prayer. Maybe help us all in that time of waiting to just be with him. Waiting. All of us probably are waiting uh, on God for something. Some of us are waiting for a job, or maybe some of us are waiting for a better job. Some of us are waiting for God to heal an illness or a broken relationship. Some of us are waiting for God to heal a broken heart. My family buried a brother this week, and so we're waiting for God to heal our broken hearts. So as we come to God in prayer, we're just going to leave a time of silence where uh, you can just talk to God as... as uh, Tyler said, well, you can just bring those things to God uh, in this time of waiting, because he's with us uh, even in the time of waiting when it sometimes feels like he's absent. So let's pray. And during the time of silence, uh, the, uh, the worship band will just quietly uh, pray. God, we thank you that we can trust you in the midst of waiting, in the midst of broken hearts or in the midst of broken dreams or not wondering what's next or wondering what's next in life. Thank you for your reminder this morning that uh, your Holy Spirit is still with us and that in the midst of our waiting, you are still very present even if it doesn't feel like it sometimes. And so, God, we just want to take some time and be quiet before you so we can leave the things that we are waiting for with you and talk about them with you. God, thank you that whatever we are waiting for, uh, that you are always doing something and that you have a reason for times of silence or a time of when things aren't working out right away the way we had hoped for, like with Tyler. And so in the midst of this, whatever we are waiting for, God, I pray that your kingdom may come in us, that you would do something new, in our hearts and lives while we wait for you to, to answer or to 
yeah, just straighten out the things that we are waiting for. May your kingdom come among us. And may your Holy Spirit uh, create in us something new that only you can do during the times when we are waiting. And thank you, God, for your promise that you never leave us, never forsake us, but that you are always walking with us. No matter what's on our road right now, you are always walking with us. Thank you for that. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.